Good morning, church. Hello, High Point. That was the most exciting welcome I've ever had speaking at a church. You guys are just ready to be here. Um, I want to say welcome to those of you here with us this morning in person and those joining us online. Uh, We're so glad that you're here with us today at High Point. And I want to say thank you to Pastor David and the team for allowing me to come and be here. Um, Also, thank you, Pastor David. I know maybe you'll see this later, but thank you for calling me a young man. I like that. It makes me feel good. Um, I don't always feel like a young man, although I guess my age tells me I'm still a little bit young. So I'm thankful for that. Um, But I tell you what, a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were at our called camp. Um, here in our district, and we had about 100 high school and young adult uh, people together that are called to full-time ministry in different areas. And one of the nights of that camp, we were uh, just basking in the presence of God for four plus hours. Um, And can I tell you, friends, that's cool in the mornings, but at nighttime, that gets a little tough, okay? Um, We finished around 11.30 that night, um, and we were tired, at least my wife and I. I think the youth were ready for a couple more hours, but that's when I realized I don't know if I can hang with the young people as much anymore as I used to. Well, as you heard in the introduction, my name's Darren Fisher, and I am so glad to be here with you today. My wonderful wife, Lindsay, is here with me in the front row. Everyone say, hi, Lindsay. The Lord led me from serving in missions to Hawaii, I suspect, to find my wife, um, and then brought us back here to California, so I'm very thankful for that time spent there. Um, I just want to share a little bit about myself with you, if that's okay, as we begin, and I want to let you know that at the end of my time sharing today, uh, we're going to have a response moment, and I'm going to open up the altars and invite you down to seek the presence of God in a unique way. And so I want you to be ready for that. But I want to share a little bit of my story. Um, Darren Fisher was born and raised in Ontario, California, about 30 miles east of Los Angeles. And I got saved in high school because of some free pizza and an invitation to a youth group called 180 Youth Ministries. How many of you love free food? Can I get an amen? Yeah, food always tastes better when it's free, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, even that thing that you're like, I don't really know if I want to eat that, but it's free though, I'll give it a try. Um, free food's always better, and so uh, the Lord caught a hold of my heart with some free pizza, and I started going to that youth ministry. And in fact, when I first got saved, um, I really got to start bringing it with me because I talk about it every time. But a friend of mine gave me my first Bible. It's not this one. It's in my office uh, in Sacramento, but it's a blue New King James Bible. And it was given to me by my friend Angel. And so I think it's fun that I get to say my first Bible was given to me by an angel. Um, And I just decided to start reading that book for myself. And so I opened up to the Gospels and I started to read through Matthew and Matthew and Matthew. Because have you ever been there before? You're like, I'm going to read the whole New Testament. And you start and then you stop. And then you're like, I'm going to start over again. So I've read the Gospel of Matthew a lot in my life. But I began to read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I read of this life that I could live following after Jesus, and I just decided to give it a shot. And I said, I'm going to do this thing called being a Christian. And so I began to live my life that way, and I began to see God move in so many incredible ways in my life. In fact, I was so sold out for my faith at that time, I wanted to be involved as much as I could be in my local church. I was on the worship team, the drama team, I was serving on the tech team, wherever I could help, I was there to helping at the church because I wanted to be all in for what I learned Christ had done for me. But there was a distinct moment in my life that took place two years after first encountering Jesus. And two years later, I was a junior in high school and we were at a youth group one night and we had communion. And that night I made a covenant with the Lord. And as I held communion in my hand, I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, this is my covenant with you. Wherever you send me, I will go. Whatever you ask me to say, I will say. Whatever you ask me to do, I will do. This is my covenant with you. And on that night, as a junior in high school with a call of ministry upon my life that I had heard the Lord speak to me, I made that covenant with him and took it very seriously. And I believe he did too. And so for me in my story, the moment that Jesus truly became the Lord of my life was a couple years later than when I first met him and started living for him and really trying. But I fully surrendered my life to him. 
And that surrender has led me on an incredible journey around the world, serving in 12 different countries in my time with Global Passion Ministries, leading young people all across the globe, serving in Hawaii, here in California. I'm so thankful that the Lord has allowed me to serve in all these different ways and now getting to be a part of our district office team for the Northern California, Nevada Assemblies of God. It's truly an honor and I'm thankful to be here with you today because of that journey. And this morning I'd like to share with you about the fruit of the Spirit. And if you have your Bibles, you can open with me. We're gonna get there in a moment to Galatians chapter five is gonna kind of be our core text today. But as we begin to open up the word, I'd like to pray for us, if that's okay. So would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this day that you have given us. Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters that are here in this room and joining us online. Lord, I pray today that as we open up your word, that it would penetrate to the depths of our souls. I pray, Lord, that the seeds that are being sown and even those that have already been sown would be cared for well today. And I pray, Lord, that as we choose to lean into what you are speaking to us, that it would take root deeply within us. So Lord, we give you space today to speak to us what you desire to speak to us. Holy Spirit, help us to meet you here. May we have an encounter with you like we never have before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, you may be wondering about my snacks that I brought with me. Um, uh, a good friend of mine told me never leave home without a snack. Um, and so that's, these are actually snacks. Um, although if you want a snack later, come see me. I'm selling these. It's a fundraiser for Speed the Light. Pastor Anthony, I got you, wherever you are. I believe in youth missions. Um, now, I don't know if any of you here, hold on one second. Before I get into this, I just remembered something. I heard that you guys had a chili cook-off around July 4th. Is this true? Was there a chili? <laughs> Praise God. Now, I would just like to know, is the winner of the chili cook-off present with us today? Are you here? Who won the chili cook-off? Did you win? No, I didn't, but my ex-husband did, and unfortunately, he's doing pilot car driving, and he's in Oh, man. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to say hello to the chili cook-off winner. Um, because, man, I love chili, and, and High Point, can I just say, while I'm cleaning off this apple, if you need an official taste tester for your chili cook-off next year, I'm available. Um, I'll bring my own sampling spoon. I'm ready for this, okay? I, sorry, I'm just saying, golly, chili cook-offs, I believe in that. Praise God. Sorry, I get distracted. There's three things in my life I'm very passionate about. Is it three? Oh yeah, that's right, it's three. It used to be two, but I got married. <laughs> I got it. <clears throat> I got married last year. Uh, three things, the Lord, my wife, and food. Um, if I'm honest with you, I'm working on that wife being number two all the time versus food, okay? I'm a newlywed, we got married last year. Um, I was actually speaking, thank you, I was speaking at a church. I was speaking at a church in Overton, Nevada, and I genuinely said that food was number two in my life, right in front of my wife. And I, then she looked at me and I said, oh, I mean my wife, <laughs> and then food. It was the first time I had preached since she'd been with me in California after being married, so um, I hadn't corrected my thought on that phrase yet. Anyways, back to Jesus. <laughs> if you hang out with me long enough, then I'm gonna talk about two things, Jesus and food. It's gonna happen, friends, just letting you know. So I don't know if any of you here are in the agriculture industry or you like to grow things at home, um, but over the last several months, I've been on a journey on studying about fruit production. Um, and you might think, oh, that Pastor Darren, that's strange. Aren't you like a minister and those things? Yeah, I totally am, but the Lord's really captivated me about how fruit grows. And so I've been studying a lot on fruit. And as you see, I have some apples here with me. Um, I've been learning that the average apple tree, now there's a whole lot of varieties of apples. You can go research this. There's like so many varieties of apple trees. But they say that a typical apple tree takes about six to 10 years before it begins to produce fruit. That's a profound thought to me. From the time that you plant a seed before you can take this off of a tree, it takes about six to 10 years before that tree produces fruit. The average lifespan 
of an apple tree of fruit producing years is about 80 to 100 years. Now, when you realize that the apple tree can produce fruit for about 100 years, the six years of waiting doesn't seem like that long anymore. But there's something really important about the fruit. And I wanted you to see some of these apples today because this is what we pay attention to all the time, is the fruit. When you go to the grocery store, what do you go and pick? You pick the fruit. But there's something that is actually more important than the fruit and it's on the inside. And I'll come up here just so we all see. I know, listen, it's a real apple, I promise, okay? It's, I know you guys are like, no, are you sure? Look, for real, okay? That's real. And yes, I just broke it with my hands, I'll teach you after later, okay? I know it's tiny, but maybe in the contrast you can see it. This right here is an apple seed. And inside every apple, in fact, inside every piece of fruit, there are seeds. Now you might be saying, well, hold on, Pastor Darren, I go to the grocery store, I don't buy that seeded fruit no more. I get that seedless stuff now. Well, friend, I gotta tell you, that's been modified to not have seeds. Authentic real fruit has seeds, why? Because it is the seed within that produces the fruit. Without a seed, there can be no fruit. And so today, I wanna to talk to you about the fruit of the Spirit, or maybe better said, the seeds of the Spirit. Now in Galatians chapter five, verses 22 to 23, is a familiar couple of verses that you may know. But it says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. But today I wanna to talk to you about that which produces the fruit, the seed. And in fact, to do that, I wanna back up our lens a little bit here. Now, I know you have a wonderful pastor that gives you the context of scripture very often. But I really believe that to fully understand verses within scripture, you need to zoom out a little bit. You need to grasp the context of which we find these particular verses. So I wanna read this whole passage to you, Galatians 5, 13 to 26. And you can follow along with me. It says these words. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. I want to read that again. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk, in, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. The fruit of the Spirit is not only the fruit you bear, it is the seed you sow. I want to say that to you again today. The fruit of the Spirit is more than the fruit you bear. It is the seed that you sow. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control do not exist unless there has been a seed planted that has fully grown that now produces fruit. There's a core trait, I believe, of those who follow Jesus that I would call disciples today. And this core trait is that disciples repent. I love this thought, disciples repent. It's a simple thought, yet repentance is a choice that we make every single day to choose to turn from what has been to Christ and the reality of what is new. Repentance. Another truth of disciples is that disciples make disciples. And today I would tell you this, is that fruit produces fruit. In John chapter 15, we're going to live here for a little bit. But in verse, in, six, in verse 16, it says, Jesus says this, For you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. You know, there's something profound to me about the life of Jesus with the disciples. Now, remember, I talked about, you know, showing off some fruit today. I'll put the big apple in front just so you guys can see that one. Oh, this side's missing out. Here you go. That was over there. There's an apple for you guys. I'll put it right there for you. Jesus didn't just tell the disciples to be a certain way. Jesus actually did something really profound in three years with those who followed closely to him that he chose. He planted seeds. Every moment that he had, he was modeling for them and showing them a life that could be lived that was contrary to the world around them. It's pretty incredible to think about in today's context that today the kingdom of God still looks much different than the world around us. The culture of the kingdom is much different than the culture of the world. And Jesus says in John 15, 16, that he chose us and has appointed us to go and bear much fruit. I want to ask you the question, what good is the fruit we bear if it's not worth someone else picking it off of our tree? Jesus also said this, you'll know them by their fruit, speaking of his disciples. The seed of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Some very valuable things. But friends, I want to share with you today, it doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It talks about the fruit, the character of one who carries the Spirit within them looks like this. If I can, I'd like to share some thoughts with you today regarding fruit. And the first would be this, is that fruit cannot grow unless a seed is planted. Fruit cannot grow unless a seed is planted. I'd like to read a passage of scripture to you from Matthew chapter 13 that you're probably familiar with, the parable of the sower. Because fruit, as I said, cannot grow unless a seed is planted. I'll get to this other subpoint in a moment, but I'd also say that fruit is not achieved by working, it is birthed by abiding. And I'd like to read this message, this passage to you here from Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. It says this, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times that, was sown, that what was sown. 
Whoever has ears, let them hear. Now you may be familiar with the rest of that passage. The disciples come to Jesus and they say, hey Jesus, if you don't mind, um, why do you tell stories like this? And can you help us understand them a little better? Now Jesus goes on to explain the parable of the sower to them. And I'm gonna leave that to you to go spend some time with. I wanna pull one simple piece out of this story today. It says that a farmer went out to sow his seed. A farmer went out to sow his seed. Today, friends, I'd like to encourage you and ask you the question to consider is, are you sowing the seed of the Spirit wherever you go? Because the farmer went out and sowed the seed. Now, seemingly, as we read this parable, seemingly the farmer is not too concerned with where his seed falls. Please go with me here for a second. Seemingly, the farmer's not too concerned with where the seed falls, because the parable tells us that he went and sowed his seed. He scattered his seed, and it fell in these, on these different soils, and some of it grew, and some of it didn't. Some of it prospered, some of it didn't. Some of it took root and then withered away. Some never took a root, yet the farmer still sowed his seed. Now, maybe like me, you've been guilty of holding back the seed of the Spirit from those whom you do not prefer to sow into. Let me say it a little simpler for you. There's some people you like and there's some people you don't like. (laughs) And the people you like are way easier to be nice to, right? It's way easier to sow some love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control when you like somebody. But when you're at the store and you're behind that person in the line in front of you and they are just losing their mind and then they're holding you up and you're cranky and the person behind you complaining about something and everybody around you is just being so negative, you're probably not feeling the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? You're probably not. Yet the farmer sows the seed regardless of what's around them. And so friends, as a disciple, as one who carries the seed, as one who bears the fruit of the kingdom, it's not really my choice where it falls and where it grows. It's my obligation to sow the seed. It's my obligation because why? Fruit cannot grow unless a seed is planted. Jesus liked to tell stories, parables is what we call them, to get these points across. What seeds are you planting today? What seeds are you planting today? The fruit that God produces through us is not for us, it is for others. The fruit that God produces through you is not for you, it is for others. And why would I say something like that? The apple tree doesn't eat its own fruit. The apple tree doesn't go, wow, that's a nice looking apple. I'm gonna go ahead and munch on some of those. No, why? It produces fruit, why? So that a seed can be planted and it can continue to grow. The way that Christ has chosen to save the world is through you and I. It takes a fruit, it takes fruit to grow fruit. When I was younger, I was with my cousin. Now, you'll hear me when I share, I'll say cousin, aunt, uncle, those kinds of things. I want you to know my family, and family to me is not always because of blood relationships. I have a lot of people who are family to me simply because of living life together. I grew up in a broken home, my mother was a drug addict, my father was an alcoholic, and I really had family that was much beyond just my biological family. So I was with my cousin at this one event somewhere, I don't even recall where, but they were doing a watermelon eating contest. How many of you ever been in a water, anyone ever done a watermelon eating contest? Yeah, it's exciting, right? Why? Because the watermelon's free in the contest. That's why, okay? Free food's delicious. Yeah, so they're like, hey, do you want to sign up for the pie eating contest? Yeah, I do. I don't even know how to do that, but I'm ready. Why? Free pie. Okay. So I'm there at this event, watermelon eating contest, okay? And little Darren's like, man, I'm ready. I got this. I'm, so, I'm gonna take these guys down. I'm so I can eat food real fast, right? But friends, you have to understand something. I was told when I was young this terrible lie that if you eat the black seed of a watermelon, 
a watermelon will grow inside your stomach and you will die. Okay? And I have, you need to understand, okay, little Darren believed this with all of his little heart, okay? I would never eat the black seeds of the watermelon, okay? So we go to the watermelon eating contest. Little Darren's fired up and ready. They start handing out the slices of watermelon to all the people in the line. And, I'm, and they hand me my slice, and what do I see? Black seeds. Oh, my goodness. All over his thing. I apparently, seedless watermelons weren't around back then. I don't know. Okay? So here I am, and I start looking down the line, and I'm freaking out, guys. Okay? I'm freaking out. How am I going to do this? I can't just eat this watermelon. I can't eat these seeds. i got to pick them out one by one, or else I'm going to die. Okay? And so I have no time to process this. They hand the watermelons out. They go, okay, on your mark, you set, go. Okay? So little Darren sits here, and I start picking seeds out. I'm like, bite seed. Pick it out. Pick it out. Okay? I look down. I look next to me. My cousin Angela is devouring this thing. Right? She's doing like just the, um, I call it the typewriter method. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. There's like, king, king. She's going to town on this thing. Okay? And I'm over here freaking out because my cousin's going to die. Okay? Because she just ate like 30 watermelon seeds. Everybody else is just jamming their watermelon out. Little Darren's standing here with like three bites out of his watermelon and they're done. Okay? They're done. I lost very last place, okay? And I just go over there crying. I'm not crying because I partly because I lost, but my cousin's gonna die. And no one seems to care except me, okay? Like no adult is concerned that all of these people just ended their life right now, okay? I am, I'm freaking out. At that time in my life, I didn't understand that that isn't true. Okay, if you eat the black seed, but apparently the white seeds are okay. I don't understand, okay? It's just, I don't get it. Anyway, I didn't eat the seeds that day because I was concerned for my life. But friends, I need to share something with you. The kingdom of God does work that way. When you consume the seeds of the spirit, it will grow inside of you. The kingdom of God does not work like the kingdom of the world, okay? The kingdom of God does work that way. When you experience love, love grows inside. When you experience kindness, kindness grows inside. When you experience gentleness, gentleness grows inside. When you consume the seeds, where do the seeds come from? The fruit. Seeds do not exist without the fruit. And so why does this matter? Because fruit cannot grow unless a seed is planted. So would you live your life in such a way that the fruit of the Spirit would be readily accessible to every person that you encounter so that the seeds can be planted within them and grow and be nurtured? Because you recall, for the apple tree at least, it takes six to 10 years before that one starts to produce fruit. What if that was true of people? What if it took five years of you investing in your brother or your sister? before you began to see that same fruit in them. Is that worth it? I think so. And I think Jesus thinks so too. Point number one, fruit cannot grow unless a seed is planted. <clears throat> Point two, fruit takes time to grow. Fruit takes time to grow. In James chapter five, verses seven and eight, it says this. Be patient then, Brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. The seed that's planted within you and others, it takes time to grow. In fact, I'd also say today that that seed is fragile. It must be cared for well. If you've ever tried to grow anything in your home, you know that in those early stages of the sapling, the seedling, it needs to be cared for really well or it's not going to last. Things can really harm it. Intense heat is one of those things. I imagine some things are hard to grow in Red Bluff, California, okay? We got out of the car yesterday, I almost died, okay? <clears throat> I just, I got out and I just said, no thank you. <laughs> Gonna go back in the car. Some things are hard to grow here probably, why? Because it's a harsh environment. 
It's a harsh environment. Difficult environments are hard to grow things, to cultivate crops, to allow them to grow, to produce the fruit or whatever the crop may be. I think that that's true for the fruit of the Spirit too. It's hard for it to grow in harsh environments. So as for me and my house, I'll choose to serve the Lord. As for me, I want to choose to create an environment where the seed can healthily grow. Which means, if you get around, I mean, I feel very flattered for Pastor David's introduction of me, but to think, wow, Lord, thank you for changing me, that someone else would recognize that I'm a patient person, that I'm a kind person. That means the world to me. Why? Because it means that the fruit is being recognized. And it's not Darren Fisher's fruit. Yeah, you have to please understand, I should not be, I am not the person I am today without Jesus Christ. I am not the person I am today without him in my life, his sacrifice for me. My wife can attest to this. She has met the rest of my family, okay? She will tell you Darren doesn't fit with the rest of his family. Why? Jesus. Jesus. And please understand, I'm not saying I'm a perfect person. My flesh is always at battle within me against my spirit. And there's times where I don't want to reflect these things, where I am angry, where I'm the opposite of all of the fruit we're talking about today, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But fruit takes time to grow. There's two reasons I share this with you today. One, to encourage you to give yourself grace. The fruit takes time to grow. The seed takes time to sprout within you and within others. There was many nights when I was a young Christian that I would lay in my bed crying because I was a terrible representation of Jesus to my own family. But I was good at it to everyone outside of my house. Man, I could love people, I could show Jesus, I could be kind and gentle and all those things, but man, when I got home, it was real hard. It was real hard for me. I had to learn to give myself grace to know that God is sufficient, that in my weakness, he is strong, and that it is not under my own power that people are coming into a saving relationship with him. It is through his power. It is through his spirit. It is not through mine. And I simply have to learn how to get out of the way and allow God to use me as his vessel to accomplish his purposes. Fruit takes time to grow. First point, fruit cannot grow unless a seed is planted. Second, fruit takes time to grow. The third point is it takes fruit to grow fruit. You might be saying, Darren, that sounds a lot like the first point. You're right, it does, but I wanna say it again because it's that important. It takes fruit to grow fruit. Fruit reproduces itself. And when you study seed-bearing plants, when you study fruit-bearing plants, you come to find out that in most cases, It requires a second fruit-bearing plant to pollinate the other in order for them to both bear fruit. Let me say it this way. One tree, one apple tree by itself doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna produce apples. But two apple trees together, they will pollinate one another and they will both be able to produce fruit. In Proverbs, it says it this way, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need each other. I want you to look around this room real quick at the people around you. Some of them you know, some of them you may not know. You need each other. High point, you need one another. In fact, all of our faith and all of scripture points to the reality that we are not meant to do this alone. We are meant to do this in koinonia community. It talks about the body of Christ having many parts. I'm not the whole body, right? I'm just one part of it. We are meant to do this together. You need one another. This is one of the, this should be one of the most fertile, fruit-bearing, seed-producing places in all of Red Bluff, right here. Inside this church, amongst this group of people right here. And I would hope and pray that as you go out, you have been sufficiently encouraged and invested into so that everywhere you go, your seed is being scattered. In fact, let me say it a different way. Not just your seed, the seed of the Spirit is being scattered. 
It's not about what I want. It's not about Darren's agenda or my own countenance. It's about the Lord's. It takes fruit to grow fruit. We need one another. The next point is this. Fruit is not the focus. Fruit is not the focus. It says this in John chapter 15, a bigger block of the passage, verses 1 to 8. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is, not to, my, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. One of my very good friends says it this way, fruit is none of your business. Fruit is none of your business. John 15, as Jesus teaches here, talks about something very, very important that's going to tie to my final point as we get close to landing this plane here. But this is my, the point here is that fruit is not the focus. It's not your business. Why? Because I am a vine that through which Christ produces fruit that then someone else takes and the seeds are planted within them. I'm the vine. In fact, if I could point the picture for you, I'm gonna do it like this. Here's the vine, here's the branch. This is the connection. If the fruit grows out on this side, then what happens if the vine, I'm sorry, what happens when the branch is only focused on this side of its self? Well, it may miss out on the connection that gives it life the connection that actually produces fruit through it. And friends, Jesus says something really interesting here. He, he uses his words purposefully. He says, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. There are other vines in this world that you can choose to be connected to. In fact, I would say that there are other vines in this world that you could choose to be connected to that might in fact still produce some fruit through your life. But what's so important to understand is this final point here that I'll share is that fruit is birthed through abiding. Fruit is birthed through abiding. It's not achieved by working, it's birthed through abiding. John 15, four, Jesus said there, remain in me or abide in me and I also will abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide or remain in me. We were driving around yesterday and we passed by a place where there was a whole bunch of branches that had been cut off of some trees and they were laying on the side of the road. I wanna ask you a simple question. Can any of those branches still produce fruit? No, why? They're not connected to anything, right? It can't do it. But you know what's so incredible? Wow, studying, go study some fruit trees. This is crazy, okay? What's so incredible is that if done soon enough in the time that it's disconnected, you can take a branch from the tree and graft it back into the trunk of the tree and it will adopt it and accept it and then use it to still produce fruit for its fruit-bearing years, 80 to 100. I wanna say that again, okay? You may feel like one of those branches that has been discarded or on the side. 
Jesus is the true vine and is capable of grafting you into himself, no matter how far you've gone or how long you've been disconnected, because the kingdom doesn't work like the world, right? Red Bluff here, you cut the branch down in the morning, it might be shriveled up by the afternoon because it's a million degrees outside, okay? It's not a good place, harsh environment. But Jesus is the ultimate, the Father is the ultimate vine dresser. The ultimate gardener, he's really, really good at this. Why does it matter? Because Christ has chosen you and I as his plan to reach the world for him. I wanna say it again, Christ has chosen you and I as his plan to reach the world. You are the plan A and there ain't no plan B. We're it, we're it. Jesus says it clearly in John 15, we read it. For I chose you and appointed you to go and bear the fruit. I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I got a messed up past, I got a harsh background, I got this, I got that, friends. I can sit up here and tell you so many stories about my own life and my own testimony. I just got one thing to say to you. You are never too far gone for Jesus Christ to use you to build his kingdom and to produce fruit through you that'll plant some seeds. Do not, do not give up on yourself. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come. It's important to understand in scripture that when it was first written, the verses and chapter numbers did not exist, okay? I know you might be like, whoa, 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 hold on, Darren, that's crazy. Every Bible I've ever seen has the numbers in it, it's true. But the letter that Paul writes to the church in Galatia was a letter, just like you and I would write a letter to some people. And I wanna flip to the ending of this letter because I don't want you to miss out on why Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, matters. And so I wanna jump ahead a few verses here to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 10. It says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man or woman reaps what they sow. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Galatians 6.9, a verse you've heard a lot. Hope it has deeper context today for you. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to who? All people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of of, of believers. The fruit of the Spirit is not simply the fruit you bear, it is the seed that you sow. And every person who walks on the face of this earth is worthy of that seed falling onto them. Regardless of their background, regardless of their current state, regardless of anything, who cares? It doesn't matter, why? Because Jesus loves them just the same. You know, I've been places, as I've traveled around the world, and I've sat with people who don't really know Jesus, and I've been in some remote villages And I remember one time I was there and I was with a group of people in a remote village in Fiji. And I had someone come up to me, a Fijian, to ask a question. They said, you guys believe in Jesus, right? And I said, yes, we do. And they said, and you tell us that like God loves us, right? And he's all these things. And we say, yeah, I believe that's true. And he said, then how come those people are so mean to each other? And he was talking about the group that I was with because they were making jokes at each other and being sarcastic and just kind of joking around. And they said, I thought you said Jesus is this way, but those people aren't acting like that to each other. Are you sure? 
And I just said, oh boy, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, he is that way. Um, sometimes we're not. And it really grabbed a hold of my heart personally. And I said, Lord, what would you have me do? You know, I share with you that moment that Jesus became the Lord of my life when I was a junior in high school. And something profound that happened was the, in me, as something I noticed, a change, was the way that I prayed. Because up to that moment, I would kind of pray like this. I would say, Lord, here is the things that I want to do for you. Please help me do them for you. But after that moment, I began to pray differently, and I began to pray this prayer, and I've been praying it for most of my life now. Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, what would you have me do? And for all of my life following Jesus, this incredible book right here has been a guide to me of how to live my life for him. And today we've read some of these words that tell me to go and let the fruit sow some seeds in other people. And so I don't know your stories. I don't know what you came in here with today, but I know this, is that fruit is produced through abiding. And in fact, as I read scripture and I open it up, I actually find that it is the only way. It is where the plant is watered. It is where the hungry find their food. It is where the weary find their rest at the feet of Jesus. And so I simply want to make some space for you today, friends, to have some time with the Lord, to encounter him afresh and anew, because I am convinced of this, that God so loved the world and still does that he sent his only son, Jesus, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. And friends, I'm convinced that God has invited you into his great plan, the Missio Dei, the mission of God for the world, that he has invited you into it. Why would I say that? Because you're sitting right here, because you got breath in your lungs. There's a worship song that, man, this one lyric always gets to me. If this borrowed breath is yours, Lord, take it all. If this borrowed breath is yours, Lord, take it all. And so today you might just need a moment to be refilled and refreshed by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, to be equipped for his purposes. In Acts, it says this, that as they were gathered together, Jesus says, go and wait in the upper place and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We're not capable of it on our own. We're only capable of it through his spirit that he imparts to us. And so I'm gonna create space. I want you to come down to these altars. The worship team's gonna play. And I simply want you to come here and Maybe this is a moment for you of some surrender. Maybe it's a moment of forgiveness. Maybe you got some things, some people that came to mind as I shared today, that man, it's been real hard to show them this fruit of the spirit. It's been real hard to let them experience that, but the Lord's really been challenging you today. Maybe you need to come down here and do some repentance. Maybe you need to come down here and surrender yourself back to him. Maybe you just want some fresh spirit of God. Say, Lord, fill me up, because I ain't done yet. I'm still doing this thing, man, I'm still going. Maybe that's you and you just need that. Whatever that is, I'm gonna ask if you would stand. I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna invite you to come down these altars. We're gonna come pray for you. Would you stand with us as we worship? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sons and daughters in this room. Lord, I thank you for your word that is faithful and true and unchanging, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I thank you, God, that you have invited us into your great plan for this world. So Father, I pray that the fruit that these saints bear as they go from this place, Lord, would plant seeds that would grow into something beautiful, Lord, building your kingdom. Father, as your sons, your daughters come down to this altar today, Father, I ask, Lord, that you, they would encounter you, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would meet them right here where they are in Jesus' name. Let's worship together. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, 
There is freedom Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom And lift your eyes to heaven there is freedom and lift your eyes to heaven there is freedom and freedom reigns in this place shower of mercy and grace falling on every face and there is freedom freedom reigns in this place Lord your freedom reigns in this place oh your showers of mercy Falling on every face, there is freedom. If you're tired and thirsty, if you're tired and you are thirsty, there is freedom. Oh, if you're tired and you are thirsty. Jesus, oh, and give your all to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your freedom. Right now, God, we're going to give your all to Jesus. Freedom reigns 
Lord, freedom reigns in this place. Your showers of mercy and grace falling on every face. There is freedom. Hallelujah. Oh, there is freedom in this place. There is freedom where the spirit of the Lord reigns. Jesus, we once again surrender our hearts over to you. Lord, I'm so grateful that you never give up on us. Lord, I'm so grateful. Because if we're honest, Lord, sometimes we do give up on you. Sometimes life gets to us, but you're not done with us yet. You haven't given up on us, Lord. You haven't given up on High Point Assembly. You haven't given up on Red Bluff. You still believe that every person here can know you as Lord and Savior. And so, Father, I thank you for your sons and your daughters, for the family, for the body here at High Point Assembly. Lord, those that you have brought together to be the world changers for this town, in this county, in this state, in this world. Lord, I don't even know what paths may be ahead for those that are in this room today. Lord, future leaders, future missionaries, future pastors. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them so clearly that they would hear your voice, oh God. That they would know how it is you are leading them each and every day. And Lord, I thank you for your word today, for the fruit of your spirit that is birthed through abiding. Lord, I pray that the seeds that we choose to go and scatter would fall onto good soil. As we go out of this place today, this week, Lord, even going down to the pool this afternoon and hanging out as a church family, God, I pray for opportunities to sow your seed among those workers, among people at restaurants, everywhere that we go. Lord, that we would be carriers of your presence. Lord, because where your spirit is, there's freedom, Lord. So I pray that it doesn't just live here, but your spirit would live within us, Lord, and as carriers of your presence, that freedom would reign in the places that we go to. Lord, because you are there and you are in us. So Lord, we give you our lives. We ask, oh God, that you would use them for your glory and for your kingdom in the way that only you can. And so, Father, we give ourselves to you. I pray, O oh Lord, this prayer, Lord, what you spoke to us so long ago and to your disciples, that we would bear much fruit and that that fruit would last. So, Lord, would you help to draw us near to you? May we never forsake the abiding moments in prayer and simply in your presence. Because, Lord, we can't do this without you. We need you, O oh God. So, Lord, I pray for this family today for all the needs represented in this room. Lord, you know what they are. So Father, for those that need a healing touch in their body, I pray that you would heal them in Jesus' name. For those that need financial provision in this place, I pray that you would provide for them in Jesus' name. For those who have family members that are far off, I pray, oh God, that you would bring the prodigals home in Jesus' name. Lord, for those who need a miracle moment in their workplace or in their family, I ask, oh God, that you would intervene in that situation and that you would draw people unto yourself. Father, I ask that you would meet every single prayer need in this place in Jesus' name. Lord, even those that aren't even spoken yet. I pray for those with young families, Lord, that are beginning to raise their children. I pray, Father, for a special blessing upon them, that you would give them wisdom and discernment of knowing that they, of who they are raising, Lord. Give them glimpses into their children's lives, Father, of who they will become for your kingdom. Father, I thank you for High Point. I pray, Lord, that your presence would continue to reside here in this place and in the hearts of these believers. And Lord, for those that are here today that chose to follow after you, we celebrate Celebrate, oh God, with the angels in heaven, Lord, for those that are coming back to you, oh Jesus. So Father, we thank you for meeting us here today. Lord, would you go with us as we leave this place, and would you use us mightily for your kingdom, I ask, in Jesus' mighty, powerful name. And all God's people said, amen, 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 amen. Hey, before you go, friends, if God, if God did something in your life today, 
You recommitted your heart to him. He fills you with the spirit. You had a breakthrough moment. Please don't leave this place without connecting with somebody. I don't even know who those people are here. Maybe it's ushers, greeters, my folks up here. Please connect with your folks here. Even my wife and I, we wanna hear about how God's moving. God bless you. We love you. Don't forget about the pool party happening this afternoon. Go live it up at the Red Bluff Community Pool. And uh, please invite me to your chili cook-off next year. God bless you.